The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome to the Financial Physician radio program where we talk about money, markets, and politics, and it all mixes together and Nowadays, politics is driving everything. And when I come in here to do the program, I want to talk more about money and markets, financial planning and things like that. But it seems that we're overwhelmed uh, with things that are going on in Washington. We had the shutdown. We had the debt ceiling issue. We have the uh, disaster that's Obamacare. And we'll, get, we'll spend a lot of time on that later in the program. And uh, unfortunately, we have to spend a lot of time on it because it affects our money in a big way. I know in my business, uh, my group health insurance premium is the highest expense I have. And there's something wrong when a business's largest expense uh, is health insurance for its people. And it continues to go up and up and up. And I, I'm still trying to figure out how Obamacare is going to affect uh, my group policy. Now, I've been notified by um, New Jersey uh, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield that my policy as it is now is going to change uh, come next year. They still haven't told me how it's going to change uh, and how much more it's going to cost me. Uh, but nonetheless, it will change. And it's going to change for virtually all Americans. And again, I'll go over more about that uh, probably in the second segment of the program. You want to be part of the program, you have a question on any money matter, a comment, 866-472-5790 is the call number. Let's start off talking about the debt ceiling, okay, or the debt limit, whatever you want to call it. Something that's neither a ceiling nor a limit, uh, but simply as a political tool used to manipulate Usually the, the, the party uh, uh, that's in, uh, in office. And in this case, the Republicans used it. And most people are going to say foolishly to try to defund Obamacare, to get changes to the health care law. Figuring that this president will only yield to the leverage. Uh, but it was unsuccessful uh, in that the conservative elements of the, of the Republican Party uh, that are, are fiscally responsible uh, and uh, were elected 
uh, for that reason to get the country's house in order uh, are being sabotaged by the uh, establishment Republicans, really, their own party. Whether it's Ted Cruz, whether it's Rand Paul, Mike Lee. I mean, these guys are, are, are patriots who are, who, are, who are in Congress to try to save the country from its ultimate demise. And I don't think anybody, I don't even think God can do that. At this stage, I think the die has been cast, and the way things are going now, I just think it's just being accelerated. But these are people that, that understand that you can't continue to spend money you don't have. You can't continue to bring more and more of the country into the entitlement mentality. But now we have almost half the people in the country receive a check or some kind of financial assistance from the government. And historically, once you hit this level, it's, it's the end of your, 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 your country. And we are going the way of Greece. We're going the way of Europe. We're going the way of maybe uh, Weimar Germany back in the 1920s and a hyperinflationary event. But nonetheless, the debt ceiling was raised without any strings attached till February 7th. Now, I mentioned many times in this program that since May of this year, the national debt didn't change. It didn't change a dollar. It was $25 million below the debt ceiling. But meanwhile, every month, we had a deficit in spending. So what was happening? Well, the Treasury said it was using accounting, it didn't use the word gimmicks, but accounting procedures uh, to push the debt ceiling back even more. And what that simply meant was that they were borrowing money from the government federal pension plan, Social Security, other places where there's some cash available. Now, how you don't define borrowing as adding to debt, uh, I don't know how you can do that. Or, or even say it with a straight face uh, that we borrowed money that's really not part of the national debt. It's not part of the debt ceiling. We're just doing accounting maneuvers. Well, if you take 300 or $400 million out of the federal pension system, $400 billion, I should say, and from Social Security and other portions of the government, are you not still borrowing money? Are you still not adding to the national debt? Well, of course you are. And here's the case in point. The day after the debt ceiling or debt limit was released, the United States debt jumped $328 billion in one day to over $17 trillion for the first time in our country's history. So that just means that the debt was already there. So the debt ceiling debate and everything about it was just another lie. And we're seeing more and more lies by the federal government. And it's amazing how many people believe the lie. And I think that's the, the most stunning thing for me. What I've seen happen over the last 5, 10, 15 years is the dumbing down of America. Many people, especially younger people, don't even watch the news, have no idea how government works. Do not know. I, you go out there on the street and you ask 10 people who the Secretary of State is, I'd be surprised if one or two knew. His name's John Kerry, by the way, if you don't know. And I guess because we've dumbed down the country so much, you can come out and just tell a lie and they'll believe it because nobody does any research. 
And if the majority of people believe the lie, who cares if it's a lie or not? I mean, that's classic propaganda 101 from the Nazis. But anyway, U.S. debt jumped a record $328 billion on Thursday, the first day the federal government was able to borrow money under the New Deal President Obama and Congress sealed last week. So the debt now equals $17.075 trillion. And the $328 billion increase shattered the previous high of $238 billion said two years ago under the same scenario. If you recall, back in August of 2011, we had the debt sealed, debt limit battle again. Finally, the Republicans acquiesced. Um, S&P lowered our credit rating the next day uh, or a few days thereafter, and um, we had a $238 billion jump in the debt. So to say that the day before, we weren't $328 billion more in debt is just a lie. I mean, really, it's a simple, blatant lie. And in an article here, it says, uh, the giant jump comes because the government was replenishing its stock of, quote-unquote, extraordinary measures. The federal funds it borrowed from over the last five months as it tried to avoid bumping into the debt ceiling. Now, what difference does it make whether you borrow the money from the Chinese in the form of a treasury auction or you borrow the money in the form of raiding the federal pension system. You're adding to your debt either way because you know as soon as the debt ceiling is raised, you're going to borrow all that money and pay back the pension system, Social Security, wherever else you got it from. So we're talking semantics here. And we've had 72 increases in the debt ceiling since it was enacted back in the 60s, which just makes it a joke and political theater. And, uh, and as soon as they raise it, they borrow it. And under the term, uh, terms of last week's deal, Congress said the de- set, uh, the deadline of February 7th, but never set a limit. So right now, the United States does not have a debt ceiling. Only a number of months that it can continue to increase our debt at whatever rate it decides appropriate. And immediately, $328 billion was the increase in debt ceiling. So if this government wanted to, it could borrow a trillion dollars between now and February and then fight the debt ceiling for another six or seven months and have basically almost all the bills paid. It's all right. That's the only not a big issue. Now, my question is, on February 7th, can the federal government take extraordinary measures again for five months and fund the government by raiding the federal uh, uh, pension system and other programs and not deal with the debt ceiling on February 7th? I don't know. I guess they can. They did it this time. Why can't they? So again, again, we've been lied to. And the theme of this program lately has been that our government lies to us blatantly. Whether it's health care, you can keep your doctor, you keep your plan, your premiums are going to go down $2,500. All blatant lies. And I tell you, it's a scary day when the government 
lies to us on every issue every day. Whether it be a presidential press conference, uh, the daily briefing by Jay Carney, who I don't know how this guy wants to keep his job. He's got to come out there and lie every day uh, to the face of people who, who know better. I mean, uh, White House correspondents are, are very informed, obviously. So they know that he's lying to them, or at least obfuscating. But they don't care. Because at the end of the day, most people hear the little, little blurb on the news or on the internet when they go around will believe it. Especially when the mainstream media has got the president's back and the administration's back at all times. And there's no accountability. And since the debt ceiling increased, we've seen the U.S. dollar index go down. As it should, as the world knows that the United States is a deadbeat. And will continue to go into debt, continue to borrow, continue to debase the currency through the creation of money. Without end. All right, it's time for our first break. 866-472-5790 is the phone number. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com is the email address. You're listening to Financial Physician right here on the Business Channel on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Did you know that at the root of every business problem lies a communication issue? Communication Nation, a show that brings effective business communication practices to the masses, addresses a number of topics and talking points that impact your professional development, as well as business productivity and profitability. Host Jill Schiffelbein makes the theoretical tangible. Tune in each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be ready to become a better communicator with Communication Nation. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to the financial physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5790. That's toll free. 1-866-472-5790. Once again, here's Lou. Uh, welcome back to the financial physician with Lou Scatigna. We get together each and every Wednesday. 
4 p.m. on the East Coast and 1 p.m. on the West Coast, and always available archived at voiceamerica.com on the business channel. Just look up me up, and you can listen to virtually every program we've done since we, we launched this program in May. You can go back and listen to every uh, single show. And we have, uh, last I heard, we have well over a 1,000 listeners to this program every week. Uh, most, uh, I would say 90% of that is, is done on the archive. That's why we have very few phone calls because people don't listen live on Wednesday afternoon at 4 o'clock uh, on the East Coast when everybody's leaving work and going home and uh, 1 p.m. on uh, the West Coast and people are working. So we get most of our, 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 our listenership after we record the program. But uh, no matter which way you listen to the program, please join us each and every week. Send the, send the link to your friends. I mean, we talk about very important things here that you're not going to hear uh, on most radio shows, financial radio shows, or political radio shows. I mean, we say it like it is here. As we say, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's talk about ugly, which has been the rollout of the president's signature legislation, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. You know, it's so funny the way government uses these names for programs to mislead you into believing something is good. And here's a prime example. The Affordable Care Act. Now, people who are getting through or are doing some research are finding that this insurance program is anything but affordable. It's really the opposite. And that's the thing about government. If government says the sky is blue, it's probably green or red. So when they title legislation the Affordable Care Act, uh, your your radar should go up and expect that it's the op- absolute opposite of what they're telling you. And people now are getting sticker shock when they do get through to healthcare.gov and find out what their premiums are going to be. And, uh, you know, the White House came out. You know, President Obama gave a speech on Monday with his uh, his props around him, fainting women and things like that. Uh, and he assured the public that, that his new health care law is up and running, even in the absence of a functioning website. So you got to go to the website to sign up. But if you can't get to the website and the website don't work, how can you sign up? So the president gave out an 800 number that you could um, call instead of buying coverage online. The problem is, and I've called this number. Oh, by the way, if you use, you know how phone numbers spell out something? Well, in in a very... uh, Curious way, somebody's having fun who was involved in this. It spells 1 800 FU, and it's not FU. It's actually FU. Like, it isn't bad enough that the government's taken over one sixth of the, the economy and is systematically destroying health care. Uh, they're an acronym. Uh, if you call up the 800 numbers, 1-800-F-E-O. Precious. That's actually absolutely precious. But if you call that number, what it does is it tells you to go to healthcare.gov. It's a round circle of failure. And here the president, live in the Rose Garden, gives out this 800 number that sends you back to the failing website. Did the president try the number or 
any of his advisors to see what the number says when you call it. And this, no doubt, is another glitch. Where everything, the, the new word is glitch. This is not a glitch. This is a destruction of the healthcare system. And the system, the website to sign up on it, is not just in a glitch situation. It is considered by many professional programmers to be ridiculously antiquated and less than professional. Glitches, kinks, what have you. It's a disaster. And here's a what this is a website that cost five hundred to six hundred million dollars to build over three years. And day one it doesn't work, and they knew it wasn't going to work. They tested it and didn't work, but they rolled it out anyway. Which shows a level of in- incompetency and, and just uh, just uh, uncaring to, to the nation to allow people to, to go on a website that they know was going to fail. That people spent hours on this thing. And you know why they, you know why it fails? Because they make you go th- open an account first, put all your personal information in, because they want you to know what the government subsidies are going to be on the premium. They don't want you to see the premium first because they're afraid that you're going to get sticker shock and you're going to just turn it off. So what they want you to see is, all right, we're going to give you 250 a month towards whatever the premium is. They want you to be establish that first. And by doing it that way, the system can't handle it. And that's one of many problems regarding the system. It took a CNN reporter a week to create a login and two weeks to proceed with the application. Consumer Reports came out uh, this week and tried to give potential users some advice. First, follow very carefully the needlessly complicated instructions for creating a password that has at least seven characters and at least one uppercase letter, one lowercase letter, one number, and one symbol. Now, low-information people out there, it's tough enough for them to put together a four-number password let alone know they need a capital letter, a small letter, a number, and a symbol. Second, as soon as you encounter a problem logging on, start over since you can't believe what the error messages tell you. Another thing is you can't go back. I logged on today, and I actually got on the website. But once you go to a page, you want to go back. You can't go back. You're trapped. Now, if you happen to make it through, this is all from Consumer Reports. This is the, the, the advice they're given. If you happen to make it through, keep a sharp eye out for an email confirming your account, or you'll soon be timed out. Finally, when verifying your identity on the site, you may want to do it from a different browser than the one you registered from. The publication... Consumer Reports, the bottom line is, quote, stay away from healthcare.gov for at least another month if you can. So that's the website that, that, that everybody's using. Now, the problem with this is that it's something in the insurance industry called the death spiral. And the death spiral is when you have 
young, healthy individuals not paying premiums and only sick or older clients or patients in the system. You need enough healthy young people blowing money that they don't need to use, healthy, young, 25 years old, paying 400 a month or whatever it's going to be, to pay for the people with pre-existing conditions and the older people in the system. And that's the problem we have right now. Younger people, they don't have, they're, they're the Twitter generation, they're the text generation. They ain't going to sit there for hours on a website trying to get health insurance that they don't need. They're not going to do it. They're going to go away. Now, if you have pre-existing conditions, you're very ill, you need insurance, you'll spend the hours. You will persevere to do it. And it's my guess that's what's going on right now. Desperate people are signing up. And these health insurance companies, who are getting wrong data, by the way, from the system too, don't know who, who they're insuring yet. These are the high-cost individuals. Think about it. Somebody with cancer, pre-existing condition, the insurance company has to take them. If they take two days or two weeks to sign up, they're going to do it. And the insurance company may have to pay tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in claims from these people without the premiums coming in from the younger people who are healthy and will subsidize the older and sick people. So it's kind of like a Ponzi scheme, kind of like Social Security. The young people working who aren't drawing off the system, they pay every week, every month, and that pays for the people at the top who are retired. That's what Social Security is all about. It's a Ponzi scheme. And it worked fine when you had 13 workers for every one person who was retired, and that retired person died within three years of, of, of getting Social Security, as it was back when it was set up, back in whatever it was, the 40s or 50s. Now we have two and a half workers for every one person on Social Security, and that's continuing to drop. That's when the Ponzi scheme unravels. And that's when uh, uh, entitlement programs go broke or have to be subsidized by the taxpayer. And that's what this is all about. It's the despot. And this website increases the chances of the death spiral because less motivated consumers will not enroll. They're not motivated to do this. They'd rather pay the, you know, the penalty. You know, in the first year or two, the penalty is really not that big. Something like $95. Oh, well, these young people would rather pay $95 for the whole year than $400 a month for insurance that I can't afford and don't need. And that's, a, that's another lie that was perpetrated upon among the, the low information young people who have no idea what's going on in the world. They thought that this health care was going to be free. And for many people, depending on your income, you are going to get a big government subsidy. In some cases, you can make $110,000 a year and still get a government subsidy. Now, who pays for that? You and I do. The country goes further in debt, higher taxes, the whole thing. And uh, some experts are saying, did it would take $500 million? You got $500 million, you could start Twitter, Facebook. They didn't spend that much money to develop their system. And one guy came out, an expert, and said that for a million dollars, 
we could have set up a system as simple as this to do it. One guy quotes here, my overall sense right from day one was it was created by people who had never created a commercial database application before. And he said at $200 an hour, for two, just take $200 million it costs. At $200 an hour, it would be a million man hours, 5,000 man years. I don't think they had the time to use 5,000 man years, so I don't know where the money went. I don't know what these people were doing. Uh, there are not that many web pages. I don't get it. Where did the money go? Well, where did the money go? Friends of this administration that got the contract and couldn't even do their job. It's an absolute national disgrace. All right, 866-472-5790 is the call number. We're going to take a short break. My name is Lou Skatigna. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Looking for a business talk radio program that's unlike any other talk radio program you've heard before? It's time to check out Game On! Business Talk Radio with host Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Dr. Miles and his guests will tackle some of the unconventional and controversial issues and topics in the business world. We'll outline, discuss, and provide solutions to certain problems in marketing, business management, financial accounting, and policies. You and your business can't afford to miss a show. Tune in Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice. America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luce Katigna? Call him now. It's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or email the show. Here's the address, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. Well, many people ask me, I get emails all the time, Lou, you know, you're, are you still a practicing financial planner? And I, I am. I've been a certified financial planner and a managing money for people for 30 years. I can't believe I'm saying that. It doesn't seem that long ago. When I first got my license, and I, I worked for a company called First Investors, and 27 years ago, I think uh, 
Yeah, this week is the anniversary, I think, of us opening up AFM Investments, my partner and I. And we opened up the week before the stock market crash uh, in 1987. So that would be like October 12th, 1987. And um, we've been around for a long time. And, and we are uh, still a practicing certified financial planner. And if you want to find out more about my business, uh, you can go to our website, which is afminvestments.net. And what we do there is we do money management, investments, estate planning, income taxes. And we're licensed in, in most states. So uh, if you want uh, to talk to me about possible, uh, have, possibly having us help you with uh, your money, uh, I'm a different financial advisor. I look at things differently than most people do. And um, uh, we are very protective of our clients' money. And uh, in 2008, um, our clients did extremely well when a crash happened, and we can tell you how we manage money. Uh, our broker-dealer is Lee Baldwin and Company. They're a member of FINRA and SIPC. And again, you want to find out more, so either send me an email, go to my website, afminvestments.net, and you could just Google AFM Investments or just my name, and you'll find out what our business is all about. Now, um, I hate to spend so much time on Obamacare each week, and, and I know it's probably wearing thin. We hear it all week on um, on the news, and uh, to, to to tune into the show and hear it on this on this financial show. I know it's too much, but it, it's so important to us. And, and the reason being is it's affecting virtually every person in the country financially in some way. And health plans across the country now are, are sending hundreds of thousands of cancellation letters to people who buy their own coverage. They don't have their own coverage for their company, but they go buy their own company. They're not part of Obamacare. They have their own coverage. And and it's frustrating some consumers who, who want to keep what they have. And it's forcing other people to buy more expensive policies. Again, another lie. You keep your health insurance and your premium is going to go down $2,500. Again, a bold-faced lie, and they knew it at the time, but nobody calls them on it. And the main reasons uh, insurers uh, say is, is that these policies fall short of what Obamacare requires starting January 1st. Every health plan starting January 1st has to have minimum coverages in the policy. And uh, and at least a few of these plans are canceling plans sold to people with pre-existing medical conditions. You know, they're trying to get rid of these people. And uh, we have 300,000 people in Florida. Just were told um, 300,000 policies in Florida blue. About 80% of its individual policies uh, are being terminated. Kaiser Permanente in California sent notices to 160,000 people. About half of its individual businesses in the state. Uh, half of its individual business in the state, I should say. Independence Blue Cross, which is a major insurer in Philadelphia, is dropping 45% of the people. So they're just trying to drop them and push them into Obamacare, where the government will pay the subsidies. That's what this is all about. And again, they're saying they're doing this because they're, uh, uh, they're not doing it to, to deny anybody coverage, but just because uh, of the essentials that have to be in the policies. Now, what are the essentials? Ambulatory patient services. What does that mean? Uh, uh, care you receive without being admitted to a hospital. For example, uh, at, at a clinic or a physician's office or a same-day surgery center. Uh, who benefits that? Well, in 2008, 74% of all U.S. adults had at least one ambulatory care visit. Emergency services. 
care for conditions which, if not immediately treated, could lead to serious disability or death. Uh, according to uh, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, 21% of adults visited an emergency room in 2009. And the average ER visit cost $1,265. That's in 2008. Trust me, I just had an ER visit when I hurt my shoulder. They did nothing but look at me and tell me to go see my doctor. cost $1,529 for that. Uh, the third thing they have to cover is hospitalization. Okay, you receive as a patient in a hospital, such as room and board, care from doctors and nurses, test drugs, whatever. And the CDC estimates 8% of people spent at least one night in the hospital in 2010. And based on 2009 national data, the average hospital stay was 4.6 days at an average cost of 9173 Maternity and newborn care. We know what that's all about. Now, my wife is 51 years old. She ain't having no more babies. I don't think I possibly could have a baby, and if I could, I'd be the richest guy in the world. Although we've heard about some guy that was pregnant. I don't know what happened to him. But uh, forcing us to have that coverage when we don't need it makes the premiums go up. If you're a single man, you have to have a policy that covers you for that. Mental health and substance use disorder services, including behavioral health treatment, which is care to evaluate, diagnose, and treat mental health and substance abuse issues. The annual cost to treat someone with a mental health or substance abuse issue was $1,531 in 2007. Prescription drugs. Drugs prescribed by a doctor to treat an acute illness like an infection or high blood pressure. According to the CDC, 48% of people reported using at least one prescription in the previous month in 2008. People using one or more prescriptions in 2004 spent an average of 1037 I don't know why they're going 2004, 2007, 2008. I don't know why they're going all over the place. Seven, rehabilitative and habilitative services and devices. Services and devices to help people with injuries, disabilities, or chronic conditions gain or recover mental and physical skills. Laboratory services, blood testing, tissues, what have you. Preventive and wellness service and chronic disease management. Preventative and wellness services include routine physicals, screening and immunizations. Chronic disease management is an integrated approach to manage an ongoing condition like asthma or diabetes. Pediatric services, including oral and vision care. Now, I don't have any children. Why does my policy need to cover that? And why do I need to pay for it? So we're seeing people lose their coverages all around the country. And now they're going to be forced into either higher costing uh, insurance that the, the insurers that they're with, or they have to go into Obamacare. And that's the goal here, to get everybody into Obamacare, make it a single-payer system, and ice the insurance companies out. That's what this is all about. Today, uh, House Speaker John Boehner uh, predicted that at the end of the month, more Americans will have lost their insurance by being kicked off existing health plans than the number who were able to sign up in the flawed online healthcare.gov website. One industry analyst told Kaiser Health News the moves may be a way of insurers ridding their own roles of costly consumers they don't want and pushing those people into the federal health exchanges. At which point, who pays for it? We pay for it. Young people pay for it. 
by seeing their premiums go up 150 to 200 percent than what they're paying now. And the question is, why does Kathleen Sebelius still have a job? I mean, where is the accountability here? They had three years and 500, we still don't know exact figure, million dollars to create a website that doesn't work. And they tested it beforehand. They knew it wasn't going to work. And they still launched it. Where is the accountability in this administration? Nobody is held accountable for anything. Fast and Furious, Benghazi, healthcare. The president stands loyally with all these people. Eric Holder, all he's done. Hillary Clinton. And now Sibelius. Boy, loyalty is a good thing in life. But when it comes to government... Or corporations, if this was a corporation that launched a major new product and it failed like this, what do you think would have happened to the head of that department? They would be fired, but not in this government. And again, for a million dollars, this website, one very experienced programmer said could have been built. A million dollars and it would have worked. So where did all the money go? Who got the contract? I liked that $500 million. What friend of Obama got that? And where did the money go? Because they said it would have took 5,000 man years at $200 an hour to spend that kind of money. Programmers who peeked under the hood of the website scoffed at the assertion um, saying that the website was just overwhelmed by too much demand. They scoffed at that, saying the site was so poorly constructed, so full of glitches and buggy code that it could never have supported even the most modest traffic into the website. Here's a quote from a designer, a database programmer, who told CBS News, quote, it wasn't designed well, it wasn't implemented well, and it looks like nobody tested it. I would be ashamed and embarrassed if my organization delivered something like that. And even some on the left are giving it to the Obama administration. Including John Stewart. And if you lose him, you know things are bad. He really eviscerated Sibelius last week when she was on. And he just, you know, a couple of days ago just really said, hey, you can't spin this turd, how bad it was. Now, I'm sure he probably got a call from the administration shortly after that show aired, but uh, he's sticking to his guns. And again, it was all lies, every aspect of this, about what it's going to cost us, that you're going to be able to keep your doctor, you're going to be able to keep your, 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 your insurance plan now if you like it, uh, there'll be no interruptions, and you'll have your premiums lowered by $2,500. This is what the president told us to sell it to us. Sounded really good. Now, I don't know why the president doesn't unilaterally delay the mandate and say, well, blame everybody else, fire Sibelius, delay it a year, look like a hero, because this midterm election is next year. And let me tell you, if this thing rolls out, and if it, the administration of the health care is bad as the sign-up is, the Democrats are going to have a real hard time in the 2014 midterm election. How could you run against somebody and defend Obamacare? 
and not one Republican voted for it in the House or the Senate, and they're doing everything they can to delay it, defund it, whatnot. How could you run as a defender of Obamacare as it's implemented, given the disaster that it's going to be? And believe me, this is just the beginning of the disaster. I think politically, the president should come out and say, hey, look, don't take any blame because he doesn't blame himself for anything. Throw somebody under the bus like Sebelius. Say it's in everybody's best interest that we delay this and prevent it from being an issue uh, in next year's election. I bet you he's going to do it. I said it last week, and I still believe it's going to happen. All right, we're going to take one more break, 866-472-5790, the phone number. I'm Luce Cotigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician right here on the Business Channel on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the financial physician your source for straightforward no-nonsense financial advice call america's money doctor right now it's toll free 1-866-472-5790 you can also log on to our website at www.thefinancialphysician.com now back to loose katigna all right, uh, there was a delay, obviously, in um, a lot of things during the shutdown of the government. One of those things was the announcement of the September jobs report. 
And the jobs report's the most important economic report that comes out uh, each month. It's the most fudged one, too. And again, everything's a lie. Very, very rarely does anything come out of government be 100% true. And that's one thing all Americans have to know is that your government lies to you, and it lies to you every day. And that your government has no respect for your intelligence. But uh, yesterday was announced, uh, the finally, usually this comes out the Friday after the end of the month, uh, but due to uh, the shutdown, they delayed that until um, uh, yesterday. And, and it came out that um, only uh, 100 and, uh, I think 144,000 jobs were created. They were expecting 188,000, so that was a disappointment. Uh, and, and the economy stinks. We know that. You know, the quality of the jobs being created are not good jobs. They're not jobs with benefits. They're not full-time jobs in a lot of cases. Why would anybody hire anybody full-time when you're required to provide them with health insurance now under Obamacare? I know that's delayed one year, but still, you're going to have to eventually do that. And uh, the unemployment rate dropped from 7.3 to 7.2. But again, that's always uh, another propagandist misleading uh, untruth. Because you know, the reason why the unemployment rate drops is because less people are considered to be in the workforce because they're dropping out because they're discouraged. Well, it's a combination of dropping out because you're discouraged, you can't find a job, so you're not considered unemployed anymore. And as I said many times in this program, if I'm looking for a job for a year and a half and I can't find one and I just give up and go on welfare, I'm still unemployed. Especially if I do want a job, if I can get it. So more and more people have been dropping out of the workforce. And you have some people retiring, too, that aren't being replaced by young people. So uh, today we have 10 million less people in the workforce uh, than before Obama uh, was elected. Right now we have a record 90,609,000 people out of the workforce. This comes from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that came out yesterday. And the BLS, I call it BS for short, counts a person as participating in the labor force if they're 16 years or older and either have a job or have actively sought a job in the last four weeks. So if you haven't looked for a job in four weeks because you've given up, you can't find one, then you're not considered part of the labor force. It's that simple. So from July to August, according to the BLS, Americans not participating in the labor force climbed from 89,957,000 to 90,473,000, pushing past the 90 million mark for the first time. And the one-month increase was 516,000 people. That was August, July to August. In September, it climbed again to 90,609,000, an increase of another 136,000 people during the month of September. And when, uh, when Obama took office in January 2009, uh, there were 80,507,000 people not in the labor force. And again, that's after the crash in 2008. So that had gone up a lot, you know, even prior uh, to him taking office. Now, the labor participation rate, again, this is the percentage of the population 16 years and older who either have a job or actively sought one in the last four weeks was 63.2% in September. And that's the lowest it's been in 30 years. 
So again, if there's less people in the labor force, the unemployment rate goes down. The more people looking for work and can't find it actively, the unemployment rate goes up. So in a very ironic and beneficial way for the administration, the more people get discouraged and drop out of looking for a job, the lower the unemployment rate goes. Now, the market um, was not happy uh, with the uh, employment numbers. Uh, I shouldn't say the market wasn't unhappy. The market actually went up big time yesterday on this news. And this market is the most perverse market I've ever seen before. Bad news is good news. The stocks go up when bad news comes out. Why? Because what that means is that the Federal Reserve will not stop printing money and do their quantitative easing programs. They were supposed to, quote-unquote, taper in September, but because the economy didn't look so good, they pushed it off. Then it was going to be December. Now, because this came out and it shut down, now there's talk about maybe March. It's never going to happen. If anything, we're going to see quantitative easing go up. There's not going to be a diminishing or a tapering. There's going to be an increase. Mark Farber, you know, an analyst out there, pretty negative guy most of the time, basically stated that QE is going to go up to $100 billion, $200 billion, and ultimately a trillion dollars a month. Now, if we have QE of a trillion dollars a month, you're in a hyperinflationary currency collapse at the time, so hopefully we'll never see that. And the female participation rate has been declining even more. In January 2009, the female labor participation rate was 59.4. In September this year, it's 57.1. And Obama's supposed to be there for the people. Well, new research from the Republicans on the Senate Budget Committee shows that over the last five years, the U.S. has spent about $3.7 trillion on welfare. It's amazing. Go to my website and read my blog, thefinancialphysician.com. There's a chart there. It's unbelievable. It shows uh, the bar graph of $3.7 trillion for welfare spending between 2009 and 2013 and how much is spent on uh, NASA, education, and transportation spending at the same time. $797 billion for those three things, $3.7 trillion uh, for welfare. And now we have 80 different means-tested poverty and welfare programs. And don't get me wrong. People, we need to have a safety net in this country. The problem that we really do have here is that the safety net is getting bigger and bigger and more and more people are, are participating in it. And lastly, I want to squeeze this one in. Uh, late last Friday, J.P. Morgan said that they're going to settle with the U.S. government uh, for $13 billion on um, fraudulent mortgage-backed securities sold to Fannie Mae and so forth and individuals. $13 billion, but there still will be a criminal investigation. Jamie Dimon wanted that drop in return for the $13 billion fine, and business goes on. Imagine that, $13 billion, $13,000 million. This bank, one of the most criminal enterprises in the world, is going to pay to get off the hook. Again, still, nobody's gone to jail yet. And that's after they had to pay a $100 million fine due to uh, this London whale trading in London, plus $900 billion more, a million more. And uh, now the Bank of America is going to have to pay $6 billion for fraudulent mortgage securities. Uh, the banking system in this country has destroyed us. All right, we're out of time. It goes so fast here in the financial position. I call it the fastest hour in financial talk radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember the website, thefinancialphysician.com. Read my blog each and every day. 
My email, Lou, at thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails. Have a wonderful week, and please join me next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 